Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Aquarian Insights. For those that don't know me, my name is Dr. Brennan McLaughlin, and I run a concierge natural medicine clinic in Florida, where we treat complex health conditions and high-performance athletes. On today's episode, I wanted to introduce some important concepts around the influences of our environment on our health, our well-being, our mindset, and on all the different levels of our being. I hope you enjoy. In today's article, we are going to be discussing what I have deemed the five tenets. And really, this is where ancestral wisdom meets modern science for me. And how air, light, water, food, and movement can create vitality, but can also create disease. And so in previous posts, we've discussed the levels of health and had a basic introduction to the influences on healing. And given that, I now I want to kind of focus on the five tenets of health. So again, light, air, water, food, and movement. And these are the primary forces on our health and well-being that are central to building health and longevity. All five tenets have the ability to affect all the levels of our being simultaneously, and that's why they become so important. Since time immemorial, societies have understood the importance of the symbiotic relationship we have to the elements. The elements sustain and vivify all life on earth, including our own. Over centuries, we have slowly divorced ourselves from the life-giving essence of these elements, and as a result, we are now faced with growing epidemics of illness, obesity, and psychiatric conditions. We must also realize that in our separation from the natural world, we have polluted and distorted the very things that give us life and vitality. We must now thoughtfully seek out these healing forces that are no longer readily available or exist in our daily lives. These forces exist outside of us in nature, but also within our own bodies. This underscores the fact that we are inseparable from our environment. And to honor the five tenets, we must tune in to ourselves, to the natural world around us, and the interplay between both. Light is the first tenet. It is the energy that drives all processes within our body. All cultures throughout recorded history understood the importance of the sun and the cyclical nature of light. It is only recently that we made the choice to opt for manufactured lighting that is in disharmony with the light frequency spectrum we need to be exposed to and the natural cycles of light that coincide. This alone has led to an explosion of metabolic dysfunction, chronic illness, and cancer. Our modern failure to implement natural light into our lives has cost our health greatly, and the incoming push for all LED lights will further this light pollution epidemic. Appropriate external light stimuli is imperative as each cell in our body contains highly coherent polarized and squeezed light called biophotons that require external natural light sources. Biophotons create a coherent field of low-intensity light emissions inside and outside our cells. Our biophotons communicate with neighboring cells inside the body and organisms outside the body. 
They carry an unlimited amount of information bidirectionally, informing other cells and organisms and carrying their information back to our DNA. This means that in a very real way, every cell in our body is at any time informed about the state of every other cell at the speed of light. The emissions of biophotons within us form a light field that surrounds us, which regulates all biochemical reactions inside our cells that modulate neural transmission, detoxification processes, and all other bodily functions. In every cell, there are over 100,000 biochemical reactions per second, regulated by a massive number of metabolic enzymes that are orchestrated by the biophoton field, not biochemically like we're led to believe. The central storage container and transmitter of our biophoton emissions in the cell is our DNA. It is through rhythmic contractions that our DNA stores and emits light. One single biophoton carries the information of our entire DNA. Our DNA sends biophotons to be received by tubulin, which is a connective tissue mesh inside our cells, which then moves to the microtubules, which is connective tissue tubing inside and outside our cells, and the microtubulin mesh fills every structure in the body and inside every cell. This means that our fascia, and all tissue collagen are all light conductive and are designed as antenna for the reception, conduction, and broadcasting of these light signals. When a cell loses its coherence, what is really its ability to create, send, or receive coherent light, through one of the influences of health, the physical tissue involved becomes dysfunctional or ill. And the more unwell a tissue, the more incoherent the biophoton emissions are. This loss of coherence can precede physical illness by weeks, months, or years. And so to understand the importance of light on our health, we must recognize that all processes in the body happen due to light emission from within our own bodies in a synergistic relationship with the cyclical nature of sunlight. So disruption of circadian regulation and therefore biophoton emission and communication is associated with a wide variety of adverse health consequences, including increased risk of premature death, cancer, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular dysfunction, immune dysregulation, reproductive problems, mood disorders, and learning deficits. In order to honor the light emissions inside of us and the requirement for natural sources of light outside of us for our health, we must strive to do several things. Firstly, we must get morning and evening sunlight, as this establishes our circadian rhythms and builds our biophoton field. We then must limit our use of light-emitting electronic devices, particularly first thing in the morning and before bed as this massively disrupts the light processes within us. We should strive to use more natural lighting in the home, whether it be candles or incandescent light bulbs, when required. Lastly, we need to sleep in complete darkness, as the absence of light tells our body it is time to rest and repair, and reinforces our internal sleep clock. 
This is by no means a comprehensive list, but rather a required start to reestablishing the health of our light body. When discussing the tenant of air, it is well understood that oxygen is required for proper functioning of the human body. We inhale oxygen from the atmosphere and exhale carbon dioxide, which is then inhaled by the trees and plant life around us. Unfortunately, we live in a world with declining atmospheric oxygen and increased contamination of our air from geoengineering efforts, which not only block out specific color frequencies from the sun we require, but also poison the air with aluminum, nanoplastics, and other metals. The World Health Organization now states there are only six countries in the world that have quote-unquote clean air as of 2022. And according to the EPA, indoor air quality can be two to five times worse than outdoor air quality, especially with regards to airborne chemicals. These are important facts to understand as air contamination has been linked to cardiovascular disease, resulting from elevated serum triglycerides and decreased HDL cholesterol, and may cause developmental neurotoxicity and contribute to the etiology of neurodevelopmental disorders, as well as neurodegenerative disease pathologies. In a polluted world, we must strive for the cleanest air possible in our homes via appropriate air filtration, but more importantly, we must remember how to breathe. We must have specific breathing strategies at our disposal to shield from environmental issues, balance our autonomic response system, recover and heal. In modern society, many have lost the natural ability to nasal breathe. This can be contributed to toxicity, but there's also other influences. Our nose is specifically designed to filter, humidify, and regulate the temperature of the air we inhale. Nasal breathing initiates proper diaphragmatic contraction, which not only allows for appropriate lung expansion, but moves the stomach and vital organs of digestion, promoting good elimination, as well as mechanically stimulating the vagus nerve, which contributes to the innervation of the organs of the body. Nasal breathing is a requirement for balanced autonomic nervous system function and specific strategies can be utilized to stimulate or depress the sympathetic or parasympathetic components, depending on the need of the person. When we breathe with our mouths, the air doesn't get the same treatment. Mouth-inhaled air that hits the respiratory passages is drier, colder, and filled with more particulates, causing the bronchi to constrict and creates inflammation in the tissue. As well, more particulate matter from the atmosphere enters into our lungs, leading to inflammation and tissue damage. Mouth breathing is often required in states of intense physical demand or stress, but should not be a resting state of breath, as it leads to a downward spiraling effect on our anatomical structure, sleep, stamina, and energy. This is caused by inhaling too much oxygen that does not transfer to the blood and therefore causes poor delivery of nutrients to tissues and an increased sympathetic stress to the nervous system. 
Mouth breathing primarily utilizes the upper lobes of our lungs, which triggers the sympathetic nervous system even further. And so in order to recapture our ability to utilize oxygen in our body and limit the amount of dangerous particulate matter we inhale, we must first all relearn and reinforce proper nasal breathing. We must also strive for the cleanest air possible in our homes, our places of work, and seek to be outdoors in nature to reestablish our relationship with the trees and plants that support our atmosphere and vitalize our air for us. So as the air condenses, we travel into the tenant of water. 99% of the molecules by volume body are water. The water inside our body is responsible for bearing the charge within our body. In a very real way, the water inside of us is our battery. It absorbs, stores, and transfers information via light. Water absorbs all frequencies of sunlight from 250 nanometers to 3100 nanometers. The water within us is primarily made of H3O2, or what Dr. Pollock has named EZ water, or exclusion zone water. When sunlight comes into contact with the body, it creates exclusion zone water, which forms a liquid crystalline substance that holds a negative charge. This negative charge is vital to all processes in our body, as easy water surrounds our DNA and proteins. When the cells need to do work, the easy water is destructured and loses its negative charge. This allows protein folding, allowing cells to do their job. Muscles can contract, nerve cells can communicate, and secretory cells can secrete. When the body does not get enough sunlight, we do not have appropriate amounts of easy water within our system. This means that proteins cannot fold, or they misfold, which inevitably leads to pathology. Easy water also protects us from pathology in that the structure and the negative charge profoundly excludes other materials, whether it be toxic metals, chemicals, different metabolites, or other substances. Additionally, the more easy water we have in our body, the stronger our mitochondria are, resulting in increased energy. It is for these reasons that when our sunlight exposure and therefore easy water decreases, the genetic SNPs we have the components of our genes that may not work to their full capacity start collecting heavy metals, different bacterias, and our immune system begins to decrease in function. While a proper detox of these substances can be required, it is difficult to fully do without the presence of easy water and sunlight. So as you can see, in order to have the kind of water we need inside our bodies to perform all the cellular functions we need, we have to have sunlight. And we also require a clean source of water to consume. According to the World Health Organization, most municipal water is filled with arsenic, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, pesticides, forever chemicals, and microplastics. And so we must strive for clean sources of water, free of contaminants. And for many of us, this means water filtration systems in our homes and avoiding the use of bottled water. 
it should be noted as well that Dr. Pollock has shown that the flow of easy water, and therefore blood, slows to a crawl in the presence of electromagnetic radiation from Wi-Fi, cell phones, cell phone towers, etc., and increases flow in the presence of sunlight and infrared light. And so this underscores the importance of safe use of technology and the appropriate EMF harmonizing practices. And so to honor the waters within us and maximize our cellular capacity, we must drink the best quality water that is as close to nature as possible. We must also limit contact with EMF sources that disrupt our cellular waters. And when sunlight is not always possible during certain times of the year, an increase in infrared light sources is required, whether that be from firelight, candles, or an infrared device. As we move into the fourth tenant, or the tenant of food, we must realize that food is often used as an attempt to compensate for poor inputs on the first three tenants of light, air, and water, as it is often the easiest thing for us to quote-unquote control. However, as you can imagine, without proper inputs from the first three tenants, food can only get us so far. When we eat, we are capturing frequency information from the local environment in order to be in resonance with local conditions. When we eat foods out of alignment of the seasons, there are health consequences, including metabolic syndromes, nutrient deficiencies, and digestive distress. As a general rule for those of us who live in a place with four seasons, in the summer we want to strive for foods that provide us with exclusion zone or easy water, being fruits and vegetables that are in season, and in the winter with fat-soluble vitamins that act as captured sunlight, so animal fats, seafood, different animal proteins. The cyclical way of eating based on seasons is how humans have always eaten until recent times when we can get anything we want at any time of year from all over the world. This creates a circadian mismatch between our environment and what we consume, which leads to a plethora of health problems. And so on the level of food, we must recapture our awareness and intuition around eating for our health. And this requires a focus on real, whole foods, grown organically, and consumed in season. This means eating intentionally to fuel our bodies with a focus on nutrient-dense foods that align with the seasons and align with our goals. As we move to the last tenet of movement, we must realize that this is vitally important, especially in modern times. As in modern society, we all suffer from a lack of general movement in our daily lives. We attempt to overcome this with a few minutes or hours of specific exercise a week or a month. But the reality is we are constantly working against long hours of sitting in ways we were not fully designed to. On a macro level, a lack of movement has the propensity to create structural issues over time, which can contribute to the loss of organ function, sympathetic stress, joint pain, neurovascular issues, and many other problems. And on a mo molecular level, without movement, 
we do not create enough mechanotransduction, which is the process of cells converting mechanical stimuli into electrochemical activity. And so by converting mechanical stimuli exerted on the cell membranes into electrical or biochemical signals, mechanosensitive ion channels function in a variety of physiological processes ranging from regulation of cell growth in bacteria and fungi to fluid balance, blood pressure regulation, and tumor development. So we must strive for an increase in all types of movement in our daily lives rather than a set exercise schedule of a few hours a week and ideally we are moving in nature to harmonize all of the tenants in that same moment and so in summary when we discuss the importance of the five tenets of health the reason why I emphasize this so much is our disconnection from the environment around us and a loss of understanding of the processes within us has led us to be a society of ill individuals who've lost the intuition and insight on how to heal. There can be complexity in illness, and complex illnesses require a comprehensive approach, but we must first take a hard look at our relationship with the five tenets as the first steps in any healing journey. We must bring our bodies back in alignment with the natural world around us in order to heal. And understanding and implementing the five tenets is a foundational process which is mandatory for our healing. Because the further we move away from them, the more illness we will develop. And so I hope this was helpful in beginning to understand the importance of light, air, water, food, and movement. Thank you.